You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. going on you guys hope that you are having a great week we are in part three of a series entitled threads we are doing in partnership with our church family here at faith chapel the theme or thread this week is sheep and uh, there are so many scriptures throughout uh, the bible that we could look at um, sheep uh, jesus being a shepherd the good shepherd Um, There's just so many different uh, ways that we could go about doing this, but I want to look at some passages out of a book out of the Old Testament, uh, the book of Isaiah written by the prophet Isaiah. It's really interesting because the the scripture that we are going to read this week was actually read 700, or written 700 years uh, before Jesus was even on Earth, but here, here's the important thing for us to understand: is that no matter what scripture we look at when it comes to sheep or shepherds or whatever, what we need to understand is that it always points back to our relationship with Jesus. That that is the thing that we always need to focus on. So we'll not see a reference to sheep for a while in this particular passage, but what we must know is that one of the most necessary truths of scripture is that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Everything will point back to the truth that Jesus died on our behalf as the ultimate sacrifice. What Jesus did on the cross will forever be the greatest sermon ever preached. It's always interesting to me. um, I have had the privilege of preaching uh, on a regular basis for about seven years now. And it doesn't matter what sermon series you're going through. It doesn't matter what kind of graphic you come up with, what catchy phrase, whatever. Uh, At the end of the day, Every single sermon will come back to the greatest sermon ever preached. And that's this, is that Jesus died for you, that he is with you, that he He raised, he rose from the dead, and that he left his Holy Spirit to walk with us. Like everything will point back to that. And there's the beauty of scripture is that there's so many intricacies and the beauty of life is that there's so many lessons to be learned. But at the end of the day, all, we're, all we want to do, all I want to do as a minister of the gospel, and then all I hope you want to do as a minister of the gospel is to point back to the greatest sermon ever preached. And is that is that Jesus sacrificed his life for us so that he could spend eternity in heaven with us. So this passage um, is beautiful. It's also really hard to read in some areas or in some ways because it's kind of heavy. <laughs> and so it's really important that we understand that as Isaiah is laying out some heavy statements, my hope is that we would all know no matter how long we've been following Jesus, or maybe you haven't been following Jesus, you're spiritually unresolved, that Jesus did not go to the cross begrudgingly, that Jesus went to the cross in love. So let's use that as the lens at which we read this passage. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 53, right at the beginning, verses 1 through 3. It says this, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. I don't know about you, but I'm often tempted to think if that if Jesus of Jesus on earth as this 
big, beautiful magnet that people were drawn to because he was glowing and he was floating around. And it was just like people were just in awe of the, the presence of Jesus just by looking across a road or looking across a field and being like, oh my gosh, look at it. Like he's glowing. But Isaiah makes it really clear. Like there was nothing physically that would attract us to Jesus. He was just a human man. He lived just like you and I. There was nothing physically that would attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we would desire him. What was attractional about Jesus was the fact that he was Jesus, that he was so full of love and intentionality and grace and mercy. And, and of course, he was providing miracles and he was doing these incredible things. But the draw of Jesus was the way that he interacted with people. The draw of Jesus was not anything that he looked like, but it was the fact that he did relationship really, really well. And he carried this incredible authority with him. I think that when we see how he's described by Isaiah, we are reminded that Jesus lived the human life in its most intimate ways. And the phrase that really stands out to me from this passage is always this, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, wherever you are today, your pain and suffering are not foreign to Jesus. He understands it on every level and he is with you always. My prayer is that we would be reminded of the fact that Jesus is present. He is not removed from our lives, that he is with us every step of the way, is that the nearness of Jesus is something that I hope that we feel on a regular basis. He is near. He is available. He is with us always. Some of us right now are in real seasons of pain. It, it can be easy to be isolated in those seasons, but I hope that For those of us that are there, we would press into that fact, that we would press into the nearness of Jesus, that we would be comforted that our Father is just right there. When I was uh, eight years old, I, uh, I got sick a lot, not like anything crazy, but I was just like sick all the time. And we went to the hospital and, and my doctor was like, there's a pretty simple solution to this. You need to get your tonsils removed. That's where uh, the problem lies. And so I got my tonsils removed when I was eight. And I remember getting prepared to go into surgery. Like I, I was little and like a tonsillectomy is like a fairly, um, a fairly big surgery, especially for a kid. Like you go all the way, they put you all the way under and that's intimidating. And I remember talking to my parents and being like, I'm scared. And my dad's like, Hey, you're going to be all right. He like, calmed me down and and gave me some courage. And I just remember um, going under. And then if you've ever had a surgery where you go completely under, like 30 seconds later, you wake up and the surgery's done. You're in a different room and there's nurses around. And I just start losing my mind. And I just start screaming the phrase, I do not want to die. I do not want to die over and over and over again. I am inconsolable. And the nurses are like, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, don't touch me. Like, get away from me. Like I was, a, I was a wreck. Apparently I was very dramatic. Uh, as an eight year old, I might be dramatic still now, but when I was eight, I was definitely dramatic. And I just remember screaming. And so my, uh, my nurses got my parents and they came in and I was just losing my mind. And my dad came up to the side of me and put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, Evan, I'm here. You're going to be okay. And I was done. I was done screaming. I was done losing my mind. I no longer thought I was going to die because my father just came, stood beside me and put his hand on my shoulder and said, Evan, I'm here. You're going to be okay. And I think that that's what Jesus wants to do for us. That in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our anxiety and our, our stress and our fear, that we would just press into the fact that Jesus is putting his hands on our shoulders and he's saying, hey, my son, my daughter, 
I'm here. You're going to be okay. Would we press in and be aware of the nearness of Jesus? Isaiah 53 goes on to say in verse 4, So surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. So the next point this week is simply our suffering. Our suffering. I think they're going to be lost on us that what Jesus did as the sacrificial lamb wasn't just to cover up our sin and get us into heaven. Like 100%, that is one of the things that, that the, the atonement and the sacrifice of Jesus does is that he is giving us the opportunity to surrender our lives and spend eternity with him. But it also was this beautiful moment where he saved us from the suffering that we deserved. And whether that was physical suffering or spiritual suffering, we can be thankful either way. That doesn't mean that we'll never experience any type of suffering. Like if you've been following Jesus for a long time, or maybe you're new to this, or if you're spiritually unresolved, I want to say this. Just because you become a Christian or become a follower of Jesus does not mean that suffering all of a sudden is no longer a part of your life. Like we go through suffering, we go through pain, we go through anxiety, we go through uh, the trials and tribulations of life. But what it does mean, what Jesus did, is that we will never ever experience the type of suffering that we deserve, that we would understand that Jesus died on the cross so you and I didn't have to, that he was beaten and bruised and pierced for our sin, the sin that we deserve to be punished for, he took that upon himself. So would we not just think that Jesus punched our ticket into heaven, but be reminded daily that he prevents us and saves us from the suffering and pain that we deserve. Jesus was a suffering servant. That was the posture that he had. He was willing to suffer and to be in pain and to serve his people. Like that was a completely foreign idea when it came to a king. A king punished. A king was not punished. A king punished people and got them in line. And Jesus, Jesus was obedient to the call of God for his people, even in the midst of suffering. And I think we have to ask ourselves the question, are we willing to be obedient even in the midst of our, in the midst of our suffering? That we wouldn't be people who are just obedient when things are going well, but we would be obedient always, even in the valleys. Like, yes, we should be obedient on the mountaintops, but can we be, be obedient when life is difficult? The passage goes on to say in verse 5, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Uh, transgressions are actions that go against the law. That's how they're defined. And iniquities are defined as immoral or grossly unfair behavior. Like these are really big words. I don't know about you, but iniquities isn't something like that I use in my daily vocabulary. I don't go home and talk to my wife and say, hey, babe, I, had, I, I committed three iniquities today. Like that is just not a normal thing. But it's important for us to understand that our transgressions, our iniquities, our sin caused pain and suffering for Jesus. And they they created a price that needed to be paid. And this is the next point is that Jesus paid the price, that he paid the price. Jesus doing only what he could do is so important for us to understand that Jesus was broken to fix our brokenness. That Jesus was broken to fix our brokenness. If you look throughout all of scripture, when a lamb was brought to be slain, it wasn't because they earned the punishment. The, the lamb was just a lamb. It was just there. But because someone else's sin needed to be taken care of, that lamb was slaughtered. 
Jesus was innocent of any wrongdoing. He was perfect in every way, yet he hung on the cross instead of you and I. There's this quote that has stuck with me for years from C.S. Lewis, and he says this, He died not for man, but for each man. If each man had been the only man made, that he, he would have done no less. If each man had been the only man made, he would have done no less. See, Jesus, this sacrificial lamb, the, the ultimate sacrifice, he paid the price for all mankind, but never forget that he paid the price for you. Yes, he paid the price for all mankind. He's big enough to do that, but he is also intentional enough that he thought about you when he was paying that price, that by his wounds, we are healed. We as a community are healed, but by his wounds, you are healed. Don't miss that. You are healed. It's interesting that this passage does not say that it was the punishment that brought bought us our seat in heaven, but that it was the punishment that brought us peace. Jesus, without question, brought us the opportunity to surrender, but it is important that we understand that he also desired to bring us peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, this is important, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That in Jesus, the peace of God comes. Because of Jesus, the peace of God comes. And that peace of God will transcend all understanding. I hope I understand Jesus and his sacrifice more tomorrow than I do today, but I probably won't ever truly understand it. I probably won't be able to fully grasp what it means, but that's okay because the peace that Jesus brings is beyond anything that we could ever hope for. And the peace that Jesus brings transcends all of my understanding so that no matter how frustrated I am with why I I can't fully understand why God loves me or why he forgives me or why he has grace towards me. That God says, hey, just because you don't understand it, I want there to be peace over your life. Just because you don't understand my love and how I love a messy, broken man like you or a messy, broken woman like you, that's okay. I have a peace that transcends all understanding. And just because you don't understand it doesn't make it not true that it is true no matter how much we understand of it. Chapter 53 goes on to say in verse 6, we all, like sheep, there it is, there's the, the word sheep that we were looking for, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. A question that I think we need to ask ourselves is how have we gone astray? The The reality of our lives is that we're imperfect and we often choose our desires over the heart of God. We can so easily be swayed by the ways of the world and, and do things that are harmful for both us and for the people around us. And I wonder if we could just take some time this week and truly reflect on our lives and the ways that, that we are diverting from the intended path of Jesus. But we can't do that. We can't assess our lives and see how we've gone astray if We do not seek Jesus with honesty and vulnerability, that we have to be willing to step in and say, Jesus, where, where am I going astray? Like that's not to beat us, beat ourselves up or or build a case against ourselves or anything like that, but it's to recalibrate and get back on track or maybe on track for the first time, but that we would look and we would say, Hey, whether I am being 90% faithful to the call of God, or I'm being 3% faithful to the call of God is this, is that he's there, he's still near, he's still present. And the second that I'm on this path and I take a step off the path that is unintended for me and I say, Jesus, redirect me, he's like, yep, I'm right here. Then he puts his hands on our shoulders and he said, hey, I'm here, it's okay. That we would understand that the nearness of God, that the proximity of God is not dependent 
on where we are at. That he is always near, he is always present, and he is always available to us if we would just turn to him. Verse 7 says this. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. The last point this week is no objections. No objections. Jesus could have pled his case. He could have offered up the guilty, the guilty being us. He could have offered us up to prove his innocence, but he didn't. Jesus is not reluctant about us. Jesus is not reluctant about you. He is all in. He is all in for you. He is all in for us. If you're like me, you often see yourself as someone who is not worth saving. Thankfully, God's compassion and mercy are not dependent on how we see ourselves. He sees us and loves us. And that's not dependent on our perception of whether or not we deserve that love. I always read the story that happens 700 plus years after Isaiah writes this passage and Jesus is sitting before Pilate. He is being convicted and, and, and condemned and Pilate is asking, why aren't you defending yourself? And Jesus stays silent. He stays silent. And I always think like, why? Why didn't you defend yourself? Why didn't you just like say like, I'm the son of God. But the reason that he didn't is because he was this perfect, blemish-free lamb that had to be sacrificed on behalf of you and me. And so like a sheep before its shears is silent, Jesus sat in silence before Pilate in front of the Roman government. And then he was hung on a cross for you and I. And at no point, at no point was he angry at you, was he angry at me for our sin that put him on that cross. That we would understand that Jesus did not have any objections to your eternity. He did not have any objections to my eternity. God's compassion is amazing. And I hope that we understand that God is big and that God is mighty. And yet he took a posture of surrender, of suffering servant. I want to end this week by just reading a short, short passage out of Isaiah chapter 40. It's verses 10 and 11. It says, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He's mighty and powerful. And then verse 11 says he tends his flock like a shepherd, and he gathers the lambs in his arms. He gathers us in his arms, and he carries us close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. See, he is mighty and powerful, but he chose to be a posture, have a posture of being a shepherd who, who gathers his sheep. So as he is simultaneously the sacrificial lamb who died on behalf of the world, but died on behalf of you and I individually, he's also the good shepherd who gathers us into his arms and he leads us and he loves us with grace, gentleness, compassion, and mercy. And would we never, ever forget what Jesus has done for us. 
Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.